in between a segment, we can yeah. stop it. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to do the intro this time? Uh, sure. With our unnamed show. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Uh, hey, y'all. This is Chris. This is John. And this is our podcast that will have a really great name sometime soon. <laughs> but for right now, we've been playing games together for 28 years. And we've been talking about it ever since. And here is our delivery to you, talking about it live. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Great, we did it. <laughs> and so I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, something I've been going through will probably be a pretty big topic for me, just fighting games in general, but a deeper dive into kind of character selection. So I've been playing a lot of Dragon Ball Fighters, and in that game, you kind of get frustrated at times because you play against people who are just way better than you, who've been playing the game longer, or who just know what they're doing, whatever the case is. So inevitably, frustration sets in, and you think, you know what, I'm going to go through the easiest route of getting better. I'm going to change what I'm playing. I'm going to change my roster, I'm going to change my characters, something that kind of pops up in other games like MOBAs and FPS games like Overwatch where you say, hey, I'm kind of used to this character, but maybe this other one is better, sort of the grass is greener on the other side. And that's not always the case. Uh, so I spent a lot of time trying out some new characters based on how fast I could get their combos down, based on how interesting they were as a character to me trying to look at videos online of how people are using these characters and how I could kind of incorporate that into my own style of play. How's that working for you? Uh, you know, I went back to the exact same group of characters I was playing. <laughs> so you have a group of three characters in Dragon Ball. I'm super set on one of them, uh, Cell. And for those who haven't experienced Dragon Ball, who's one of the main villains from one of the series arcs, uh, he's just so awesome in the game. He's a ton of fun to play. He's got a bunch of crazy moves, and he's just an arrogant asshole. <laughs> so I really love him having in-game. His little quips are really funny, and he's just kind of a fun character to play. But I went through a whole bunch of other characters, trying to mess with stuff, and it's just hard in fighting games to like, get down combos for new characters. Yeah, you spend a lot of time memorizing and getting used to the flow of a character, and once you get really good, you know, stepping to another character's is can suck. Yeah, um, but, you, but you know, it's good to break out of your comfort zone. It's just not pleasant to to do so. So I actually took a minute and watched a few. Uh, so I haven't played the game yet, but I watched a few videos of it, and uh, looks very fast paced, like super fast paced. It is super fast. So going through and learning a new combo is also tricky because you're looking at. I don't know, 25 button combinations that you have to press in the right order, usually getting milliseconds to be able to hit it right after the next button, which now you have to do the next one. Is it 25 button combinations? Yeah, something like that. What? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and some of them are pretty easy. It's like, okay, hit this button three times in a row real quick. Okay. So that's not too bad, and it's in there a few times throughout combos, but some of them get super complicated. Is this like, are you talking about like a single move? It's like chaining together. So this is because of when you add assists to the game, you can extend combos so they get really long. So if you... Normally, you're playing a character and doing a combo. I might have eh, 12 to 15 buttons for just a single character doing something that's yeah. sort of their their optimal combo. Yeah. 
Uh, maybe an extra five buttons when they go in a corner, because you can usually do a little bit more damage and a little longer combo when somebody's in a corner. Yeah, you push them Because you can corner. push, yeah, when okay. you push them in a corner, yeah, cause cause you knock them back, but they have nowhere to go, so they stay in place, so you can hit them again, sort of thing. Yeah, and no, I got you. So, so combos are, or corners are a more dangerous place for combos. Uh, in Dragon Ball, though, with assists, because there's characters of, or teams of three characters, mm-hmm. You can do your combo, then you get knocked to the ground, but then you use an assist to kind of prop them back up, and then you kind of start a little bit of the combo again. So you're adding another few extra button presses, or okay. trying to time those things appropriately. And so in Dragon Ball, uh, compared to a lot of other fighters who just have one character, there's all these extra dynamics of how do I pick a team and play these characters to extend my combos so I can kind of stay on the offensive. Because like you said, the game's fast-paced. Yeah. So it's very offensive-driven. It's kind of like, was it, Marvel versus Capcom? Yeah. Or DC? It's similar to Marvel versus Capcom. Okay. Yeah. So- yeah, because you have your cast of characters, you're all on the same team, and the assists play a pretty big role in just trying to mm-hmm. basically stay on offense the entire time. And so picking the right character, uh, especially in Dragon Ball, is not just, okay, I need to pick one character who seems cool and does cool things. It's, all right, I need to pick a character who's cool, who also works with these other characters who I think are cool, who I can play well. And it gets complex. It's challenging. It's still, you know, it's fun to figure out new characters a little bit because then you have an idea of who you're fighting against online. You know, a little bit more about what they can do, which is an important part of it. But as compared to something like... uh, Tekken 7, which I also play. Oh, yeah. I, sw- I swap characters on that. <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, to, to sidetrack, I remember when we were, uh, remember our friend Bobby Hall? Mm hmm. Uh, who sure. I actually texted last, I was supposed to meet up with him last Friday, but I had to come back, come oh, back yeah, to Austin. Houston. Okay. Yeah, I was going to cool. stay in Houston and hang out with him, but I'd do a quick turn to come back. But yeah. I remember, I heard one time, so. So a friend of ours, Bobby Hall, you know, we've known him since kindergarten, first grade. And yeah, I talk to him on Steam all the time. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so we all, you know, we all grew up uh, during elementary school. We'd have, like, sleepover birthday parties. And so he would throw the, the sleepover, and we'd all go over there and just play video games for until, like, 5 in the morning. Uh, and I remember yep, one, those one were year, great times. Yeah, one year we played Tekken. I forget which one it was, but I remember, like, uh, just, I think it was, like, an eight-hour binge mm-hmm. on Tekken alone and we were trying <laughs> to unlock all the characters in the game and it was do you remember that at all or? yeah vaguely that was like my first experience with Tekken yeah it's probably the one where like they added a the Velociraptor was in one of them and he was like the first time he was in the game I don't remember which Tekken that was yeah but it's a, that's always like a, that's and we talked a little bit about, a little bit about this at the last podcast but like that's that's the the most fun part about fighting games is just sitting down with all your friends for Way too long. It really is. Yeah. But anyway, so that's a, that's a sidetrack. But yeah, I remember, uh, remember Tekken's been around for, for a minute. Yeah, it's also interesting going back to that you're playing with your friends, you're having a good time just hanging out, and when you're playing characters there and selecting characters there, mm-hmm. you're sort of just like, I don't care about the combos, because you're there with friends, yeah. everyone's sort of on the same page, you're happy just kind of goofing around. And now that most of my gameplay is online with those, I'm a little bit more focused. I mean, especially because I've gotten more into the competitive nature of fighting games online. Right. I'm uh, focused on what maximum damage can I do with this character. And so a lot of that comes to not just how fun is this to goof around with the friends, but can I look at a YouTube video, watch a guide, and then replicate those combos that better players have figured out and created. Yeah, so you get the, that's the whole, you know, playing against people who are better than you to make yourself. Yeah, make yeah. Better, and, sure. 
And it's cool that yeah, now YouTube exists. We can go online and look for those things. Whereas before, we were like, okay, well, maybe we can figure out a combo on our own. No, we can't. We don't know what we're doing. Because <laughs> that stuff, I don't know how long that takes. I don't figure any of those combos out on my own. I oh, just yeah. watch things online. Wait, so the combos aren't like listed in the game? You can't go no, see No, no, no. They're just combos people figure out. Really? And that's something that I've learned people really like about fighting games is just discovering these combos on their own and having very flexible systems yeah. so they can kind of make their own combos. Oh, that's cool. It's cool, that's really but it's cool. also tough. Like, sure, Yeah, but it's not like it's just handed to you. It's definitely not handed to you. And that's a complaint people have had about Street Fighter V I've noticed is that they kind of force people to play characters in certain ways, so the okay. combos are pretty limited. But for me, it's a lot easier to jump into a character and say, okay, I pretty much know all the combos. Here's all 20 of them. Yeah. And they're not given by Capcom or anything, but they are pretty well known, pretty easy to figure out, and so they're easily available online. Dragon Ball, people are still figuring out combos, and the game's been out for three months or so, or two and a half months. Yeah. People are figuring stuff out all the time. That's pretty cool. It's cool, but it's also frustrating thinking... I don't know exactly what I can even do with this character. And to figure it out, I either have to spend hours upon hours mm-hmm. just in the training mode or wait for somebody smarter than me to figure it out. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, but, you know, it comes back to, for me, picking characters for fighting games. I realize it's probably always going to be this eternal struggle between do I want to try to start over, learn all these new things, but probably get a little bit, possibly get a little bit better because... Maybe this fits a little bit more organically with my play style, mm-hmm. or in the case of Dragon Ball Fighters, with the other characters who I already enjoy playing. Uh, but also realizing well, I'm going to take a step backward and maybe be worse for a little while. Uh, it's kind of a weird mix of things when you're picking a new character. And you also have to kind of factor in, I, I just want to play casually and for fun. Maybe I just play the silly character on the side, too. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great fun in that, but obviously it detracts from your ability to get expertise in an area, which I think fighting game people really into fighting games and stay with them want that expertise. Like, people are willing to just go into training mode for hours on end because that's kind of what yeah, you do. Yeah, really do. work it out and try to figure out how to... Yeah, you know, you got me thinking. It's something I really never considered. Uh, I remember, remember the very first Mortal Kombat, it did not provide the moves, right? You had to figure them out. Yeah, I don't know if they were. Or maybe it was publicly listed. Maybe it was. I think uh, they had all the the special moves were, but not the execution. But maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it's is it kind of that same. I remember back then it was trying to discover. And this is like you know the internet existed, but not. Yeah, not for that. Yeah, not really at that level yet. And so figuring out what the executions were was like a bit. I mean, that's a really cool thing. So you're saying is it kind of like. Somewhere along the line, they started throwing all the move lists in, which is what I've been used to, and I didn't realize. And now we're talking about it's something I never really noticed. It was just like, oh yeah, I just hit pause, right, and, and look at my move list. Yeah. And, uh, the idea that they don't publish it anywhere and don't tell you any uh, what they are. Um, so it's almost like Dark Souls a little bit. It's like just throw <laughs> you in. It's like we're not gonna explain how this works. Just just figure it out, you know. Yeah, I mean the combos are just sort of a whole another game that okay. they don't want to necessarily provide them because, yeah. like I said, people really enjoy just kind of figuring that stuff out. And honestly, I imagine a lot of developers don't even realize some of the combos that get created because it's just here's a system that we think works pretty well based on what we've tested. Yeah, but people. 
spend dozens of hours just messing around on combos trying to figure out these crazy things. They're like, I have no idea what you did to do that, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Although, see, I, I need to play the game a little bit because I was when I was watching the videos, I just I didn't even understand what was happening. It was all yeah. moving so fast. I'm like, this just looks like flashes of light. And yeah, we'll have to just play it on my computer or something at some uh, point. That'll be the easiest way. Are you still hosting the? Because uh, I think you've done this twice now. The Dragon Ball Fighter. Meetup. We just we just did it once. Just once. Yeah. Uh, we think about doing another one. Yeah, I mean, if people are interested, it's hard to gauge exactly how much people are interested in it because I don't want to like just say, hey, I like this. I know some people like it and some people are interested, but I know some of it is measuring how interested people are in fighting games versus doing other things and how much of it is everyone's really busy. Yeah. And so kind of planning a random weekend is tough for a lot of people. I mean, I was supposed to be at the last one. Right, but, uh, yeah. What I had to... Oh, I had to go down to Houston to visit family. Yeah, you went to Houston. I think like Ben was going to come, one of our other friends, and he went to... Somewhere, somewhere on a beach. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You like send out pictures, like, hey, here's my uh, beach house or whatever. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Uh, so, but and it was it was Easter weekend, so that was going to yeah. be a tough weekend anyway. Uh, but I'm always happy to play the game with people. So if we organize something cool, if not whatever, but uh, it's been definitely a blast, and it's been a weird, interesting learning experience taking all these like little things that I kind of uh, gotten used to in other genres. Like MOBAs, picking characters is a big deal, and you kind of want a somewhat big cast of characters to adjust to different situations. But you never get as deep in those characters as you do in a fighting game like Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah. Would you enter a tournament if one came to town? Uh, I am actually going to a tournament in Houston. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't expect to do anything. I hope I win a game. Wait, wait, wait. Tell me more. What's this, what's so, this tournament? The tournament is called Texas Showdown. Okay. It's like a really large Texas tournament. Is it all fighting for, games? It's all fighting games. Oh, cool. And yeah, So we're from Houston, so going back to Houston is no big deal. Oh, yeah. I should probably make that clear. Chris and I are yeah. both from Houston. Yeah, so and, I, I'll yeah. stay with my mom or my brother or my in-laws or something. And you, you moved, we both moved to Austin at the same time, 2003. Yeah, yeah we both yeah. moved to Austin to, when we went to, to transfer U to UT. So yeah, Chris went to UNT his first year, yeah. and I went to UTSA for my first year. We both transferred to UT Austin. Yep, and it was better. In 03. Yeah, <laughs> it was better. <laughs> and, then was we, and then we never left. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, that was a good decision. Yeah, oh, that so. was great. I think so. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, very convenient to get to, and I just wanted to do a fighting game tournament to kind of yeah. honestly experience it. Like I said, I'm not intending to do well. People have been playing fighting games for yeah. a decade plus. So what's the what's the when where? Did I miss that? Did you ever say when when and where? It was in Houston, uh, the first weekend of May. Oh, sweet. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. My brother is going to go to it also. Who, cool. who lives in Houston already? Yeah. So it's super easy for him. Where, where's yeah. it? Where's it being held at? Uh, I don't remember actually. Oh. Yeah, I somewhere? looked and it's somewhere <laughs> somewhere in central ish Houston. Okay. It's pretty convenient to get to, whatever well, it is. Well, if my work takes me down to Houston, I might just show up to watch. Yeah, sure. I mean, it'll be... I, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I'm, I'm signed up for Dragon Ball and Tekken. I'm not particularly great at either game, so... <sighs> but you play a bunch of round robins. I think the, like... I, I might be pulling this out of my ass, but I think the expected number of entrants for Dragon Ball is like two or 300 people. Dang. So it's pretty good for a state tournament. 
Yeah. I think. I mean, it's more than what I would have randomly expected. It's cool. I mean, it's a new game, too. It's a new game, so there's a lot of hype around it. I think Street Fighter is probably going to be around similar numbers, because Street Fighter is just a huge competitive game. Yeah, it's been going away for decades. But they've got super obscure games. Like, I only found out about some of these fighting games because I just looked on their list of games and I was like, oh, apparently this is a game. What was the... And I can't uh, remember them off the top of my head because I don't know what they are <laughs> other than looking at the list and like, oh, weird. But it's cool. I'm looking forward to it. They're going to have, I think, Soul Calibur Six is a demo there. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Geralt's going to be in the game from Witcher 3. Really? From Witcher series. I think I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I have gone from not much hype about the game to super hyped. Dude, I love Witcher. I had, I, you know, I've only had one experience with with a tournament. Yeah. Tournament, and it was with Soul Calibur. I think Soul Calibur okay. 2. Interesting. Um, Where? At UT, actually. It was like a meetup thing. I went in feeling so good. I was yep. like, like, man, I am. I am good at this game. Yep. Uh, I mean, I felt I felt badass, and I think I don't know if you came, but a few of our friends came with me. Okay. And we all went in there first round. I just completely got wiped out. Like, <laughs> not even kind of wiped out, like just obliterated, to- totally obliterated. I didn't win anything, and not a single match, barely did any damage, and that's the first and last time I ever played in a fighting game tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not that good. Yeah. yeah. Unless you have consistent play, yeah, it's yep. tough. Because, like I said, people just spend hours on hours just practicing. Yeah. Well, the only, the only fighting game I ever got really good at, like really good at, was, uh, was one of the Mortal Kombat games. I don't remember exactly which okay. one, but uh, it is, it's the one where they had, each character had three fighting styles. It was... The map was 3D, so you weren't going back and forth. You could actually move around people. There's a 3D Mortal Kombat? Yeah, so it was a three, you had a 3D map, right, that you can move Weird. around. Yeah. Uh, each character had three fighting styles, right? So you would... Uh, okay. And, and um, when you got good at the game, when you're playing somebody who's really good at it, uh, blocking was a huge part of it. So you would have these fights that just felt visceral. It felt good. Okay. Uh, to, like, you know, you'd go through a combo, they'd block, 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 and it wouldn't just be, like, a static kind of, you know... Um, character just like puts her hands up and, and freezes like right. a frozen animation right. and they just kind of bounce back each time you hit them they would actually move with the attacks and mm-hmm. they had like three maybe four block animations and it would rotate between them so the effect is that it actually felt like you were doing a combo and they were blocking it yeah yeah that's probably something that's I guess bigger in 3D games because I noticed that in Tekken yeah. it feels very organic, natural looking. Like it looks like two people are having a fight. Yeah. So, so that Mortal Kombat was like that, and it even had weapons in the game, which was fun. So, what, what I what I found we would do is we would take the uh, because we also so you hit somebody, blood would splatter, and yeah. then the next round it would get a little darker, but more blood would add to <laughs> sure. it. And there were things you could break, and you could run your, you could like stick your weapon in somebody, and and. Uh, but what we would do is we'd set the matches to be, like, best of five, and then we'd take your life count and put them all the way at, like, 200%. So the <laughs> matches would just go on and on and on. And by the end of it, I mean, the place is literally just soaked. I mean, that's part of what we did. It was just, just blood. soaked in blood. Everything's oh. destroyed. Everyone's, like, their their outfits are just totally that ripped. That sounds like a shreds. Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. Yeah, they went yeah, the out- Mortal Kombat. The outfits would just be all ripped up and, yep. and tatters. So, I mean, that was that's what made it fun. But uh, That is cool. I like having those visual cues. But that was one I got. It was like the only one. I got, only fighting game I've ever gotten like really good at, but that was okay. But then nobody. But apparently, because it's Mortal Kombat, and people who are Mortal Kombat purists having that two D back and forth, mm-hmm. they felt like this thing was essentially blasphemy to the series. I'm sure it does. Yeah. So nobody ever wanted to play it. No yeah. one really liked it. Like people who like the rotating three three dimensional fighting games are going to play Tekken or right. you know, or Soul Calibur. Right. 
and and the people who like 2D are going to play Mortal Kombat. They don't mix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. People will get really particular, and I think because there's already so many fighting games out there, yeah, that like deviating is tough because you're like, I already have the thing I like in this world. Why am I going to mix the two? Right, right. So yeah, I think you end up with that being kind of a problem for people. So I never found anybody to play with me. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. You need people to, especially back then. You needed, yeah, you needed to know people playing a fighting game. I like, try and I try to get people into it, but yeah. uh, it just, just didn't just yeah. didn't happen. I tried to invite people in. I'm like, hey, let's all play this game together. And people just weren't weren't into it. But yeah, you know, it's a bummer. Hey, I, I feel you. Sometimes uh, you can't get people to play the game you want to play. I know. Or time doesn't work out. So, yeah, I think uh, maybe we'll take a break for a quick minute here. Yeah, I need some more. Quick break? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. And after a deep dive into probably one of the most hardcore genres around, we're going to dial it back to mobile games and go back to John, who's going to talk about, I think, a little bit of PUBG and some lineage. Yeah, so um, because I don't have, lately I haven't had a lot, with work, I haven't had a lot of time to play, to really sit down to any console games, and y'all all heard about my woes with City Skylines. Mm-hmm. And my computer last week, um, which, quick side, I tried again and failed again. And I even looked at the expansions that they have available, and they all look super cool, and I'm really sad that I don't have the ability to get them. So um, I'm going to talk about PUBG Mobile, because we brought it up last week. I said they had been pushing it onto my phone, which I didn't like, but I was like, hey, you know, let me give it a shot. Um, I do want to do my weekly Lineage 2 update. I'm still playing it. I'm sure you're still mad about it. Yeah, well, you know, you can't help addiction. <laughs> I've made it into the 140s, so I'm on my path to max level. I'm excited about However you justify it. Hey, and I'm, <laughs> and uh, currently I'm working on limit-breaking my first piece of gear, which I'm pretty stoked about, and unless you play the game, that's going to be utterly meaningless to you. Yeah, what are limit breaks? Uh, it's just a way to, like, take... So the max level for any gear is uh, 30, and it uses a Japanese style of, um, like, gear quality. So it's, you know, uh, C, B, yeah. A, S, R, S, R. And so once you get a piece of gear to SR level and you get up to level 30, you technically can't level it up anymore. But if you can take another piece of that <laughs> same identical gear, get it also all the way to level 30 uh. and also to SR. I think it has, to, I know it's to be SR. I don't know if it has to be the same level, but then you can combine them and limit break the first one. Which lets you raise it up above level thirty, which is the way in the end game to get even more powerful. Do you have a chance of breaking the equipment when you combine them? Because that's a pretty popular thing in yeah, Asian MMOs. I hope not. Um, um, one thing you can also enhance all your gear, which is like basically can be like a SR helmet level thirty plus ten. Okay. Right and. Uh, Remember what I was talking about? It's like the perfect progression system. There's a million things you can do. To yeah, sure. Your power. Uh, so, yeah, this Eastern MMOs have that kind of figured out. Yeah, and what they do, but in terms of you know failing, for instance, um, if as you're increasing, if you're enhancing those like plus whatever levels, um, all the way up to plus to level plus seven, uh, it's safe. Anytime you do it, it'll go up. You have a chance. Of, you always have a chance of failing. Mm-hmm. If it fails, it just stays at that level. Once you get above seven, all the way to I think it's I want to say ten, it's not guaranteed. So if you go to eight, and if you're level eight and you fail, it'll drop to seven. Okay. If you're level nine and it fails, it'll drop to eight. But if you get to ten, then you're safe again. 
Okay. And then the trip from 10 to 20 is also not safe. So if you All fail, the way from 10 to 20? Yeah. It'll, it could, and, the, and the chance of passing is like under 50%, like 40%, 35%. But there are these items that you can get which will protect it. Uh, if it fails, it won't drop in level. Let, let me guess the way to acquire them. You go onto the store and give them your credit card. That is the fast way to do it. You are given this sweet set of items generously. Or you can do what I do and grind. Okay. So you can also grind to keep everything safe? Yeah. Okay. Just like a good Korean or Japanese game. Great. Cool. All right. So that's, that's Lineage 2. I'll let you know all about where I'm at next week. I'm so proud of you for playing this. <laughs> so... PUBG, uh, PUBG Mobile. Um, so PUBG's yeah. been around for a while. Uh, it's an insanely popular game. And uh, last week I mentioned that when I was opening up my little game launcher app on my phone, Samsung had decided to drop a icon for PUBG Mobile there, even though I didn't have the game installed. And I was like, well, that's, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like advertising. It reminded me of that time that you two, like, released that album and just automatically downloaded it to everybody. Yeah, I remember device. that. <laughs> it, kind of, I mean, it kind of felt like that. Um, but I downloaded it anyway. So it worked. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let me try it out. So I've, I've never played, I've played uh, Fortnite once for briefly at okay. uh, my, my cousin's house. The at, Battle Royale mode on Fortnite? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've played it briefly, so I'm familiar with the, with the, with the idea. Um, but I never played PUBG on a mobile or a computer. Uh, but I mean, I've seen enough videos and playthroughs. Like, I know, I know what the game is. So right. download it, start playing. Um, and I was actually surprised that it, it worked pretty well. Uh, for all, you know, as, as well as I, it worked better than I expected. Let me, let me rephrase that. It still was pretty clunky. Um, I, you are playing like a arena, you know, third person or first person shooter, uh, which on a mobile, mobile screen. So it's just, it's tough to aim and it gets, it's a little clunky, but it did work a lot better, uh, than I expected. And my first match actually went really well considering. So I got in, I think it's like a hundred people start the game. Um, I was playing, everybody was in teams of two, which I thought was interesting. Okay. So yeah. it took me a little bit to figure that out. <laughs> that you were on a team? Yeah. And then I was like, I guess that guy's on my team. And so he, he's like on the other side of the map. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go for him, go towards him now. So I'd already killed like two people. And, you know, it has this ni- nice uh, mechanic where, I don't know how it is in the computer version, but it auto picks up stuff and auto equips. Mm, okay. So if you just like stand over something, it'll automatically grab something if it's better. Makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know if is that how it is in the computer. No, the computer version, you have to manually pick okay. up items. So I think they did that because it's, it would just be too difficult. On yeah, you mobile. have to do that in mobile. Yeah. So to make some changes. So you just stand over it. It just kind of automatically picks stuff up. You get two guns, switch between them. If the gun runs out of ammo, it's pretty easy to switch to, you know, pick up a new gun. But, so I thought that was nice. And uh, so I killed like two people, ran over, found my guy, found you know, found the teammate, uh, which took a minute to get there. I actually found a car, a buggy. Yep. Drove that to him. That's how I got Those to. They're him. very useful in the game. Yeah. Uh, and we proceeded to kill a lot of people. So we did really, really well. Yeah, I took a few people out. He was definitely playing better than me, but I actually was. I surprised myself at how. That's awesome. Hey, how yeah, how well I did. Yeah, seriously. Um, and so what actually took us out was you know the mechanic behind all these games. The interesting thing is the arena shrinks in size, and right. if you're outside that certain zone, you die pretty quickly. So what had happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, um, we were hanging out, and the the screen, the game like arena like rapidly shrank mm-hmm. um, faster than I expected it to. And so we found ourselves jumping off a cliff into the water and swimming as fast as we could to kind of, to try and catch back up to the zone. Yeah. And we both you didn't, you didn't swim fast definitely enough. Definitely died in the water. Yeah, you don't swim very fast. 
which is super depressing because well, not depressing, but it was like just kind of a disappointing end. Then you <laughs> lost to the world and not yeah. to another player. Yeah, and it wasn't like we were even. I wasn't even. I just, I just, it just flew past us. And if, if you know, we had ground, I think we would have made it, but we had a, a lake, <laughs> so we died. PUBG is a really interesting game. I played it for. I don't know, I probably have 30 hours on it when it first came out on PC when it was getting super, super big. Like, when I started playing it, the max player size was probably four or 500,000 people. And I remember when it first launched past Dota 2 and Counter-Strike Go on Steam to be the number one game pretty much constantly. Yeah. And now there's a million or two million people playing it a whack. It's absolutely crazy how popular the game is. But it's definitely a genre that is super exploded. You can tell why. Like, you get, oh, yeah. like, really amped up. There's all these people that are constantly around trying to kill you. It's just you and maybe one other person. You can do up to a squad of four people yeah. in the desktop version. And so maybe you have 25 teams of four all, you know, trying to work together to kill each other and whatnot. But you're, like, constantly picking up items. And I think one thing that's cool in PUBG, and hopefully they nailed in the mobile version, is that you are constantly sort of progressing, like, a little mini MMO. Like you, you get your little upgrades on your armor yeah. and your weapons yep. and your helmet. And then you pick up consumables that kind of help you get through the next stage. And so by the end of the game, all the people that are left generally have high-tier armor, high-tier weapons, really cool ammo, all the stuff that gets you a nice little progression <laughs> that you find in typically MMOs and other genres where progression is sort of the name of the game. Yeah. Sorry, my phone just buzzed again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get that. Fixed. The production value on this podcast is just top-notch. Top-notch. Top Everyone is super impressed. <laughs> well, it's all that, it's all that uh, you know, sponsored money we have. It's, that you got in it's those, a lot. Those breaks. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, right. So, yeah, so the big question with the PUBG Mobile that I want to know about is how buggy is it? Mm. Because the base game on PC is pretty buggy, and I know the Xbox One is just a disaster still. Well, I came across two... Uh, one was a two-seater, one was a one-seater. Ah! Oh, no, God. <laughs> so bad. All right, I don't want to talk about PUBG ever again. Sorry, I'm just going to go kill myself now. <laughs> cool. Uh, no, it wasn't It wasn't too bad, honestly. Um, I didn't ex- I didn't encounter any game-breaking glitches. I didn't okay. encounter any like weird falling-through-the-ground glitches. And the uh, gameplay was pretty smooth? There weren't like, frame drops? No, no. Uh, it, it was, wasn't laggy. I mean, it was just... It was, Kind of clunky. That's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. To be fair, I only played I only played one game, um, and it takes a long time to finish the game. And on a, on a phone, it, it kind of, it's it is kind of push the time limit you're going to want to spend on a game on a phone. Sure. Yeah. You, you know normally I mean? want to spend probably five or ten minutes doing something, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you you pull up a mobile game, you're you know it's because you're not you don't have time to really sit down and dedicate. And this this kind of is pushing. I, I felt like it, it pushed that that time limit a little bit. So yeah, I, only, I wonder if the maps are any smaller. I mean, you haven't played the desktops, so you don't know. No, the map seemed huge. I mean, okay, seemed, the map is pretty big. Yeah, the map seemed the very, version. very big. So I think it might be the same map. So you know, Interesting. navigating that, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm pro- I've been I've been kind of like itching to play it again because I did have a good I did have a good time the first time I played. So yeah. if I play some more, I'll let you know if I come across any sort of funky funkiness. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's certainly popular for a reason. I just fell away from it because I don't typically like the realistic style of shooters. Yeah. And so that kind of drove me away because I'm looking at, okay, I got to lead this guy with my bullets because he's really far away. And is, it, is there a good, like, uh, like, um, social, like, 
aspect around PUBG in terms of like teams and groups, clans, guilds, that kind of stuff? No, it's just really popular. <laughs> it's really popular, okay. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is you can get in with a group. Like I said, you can play with a squad of four people. So if right. you have friends, you can get in and play with each other. Outside of that, the you can talk in-game. Mm-hmm. You can open up your mic so that other people can hear you and you can hear other people. Isn't that when you get close to somebody? Yeah, you have to be close to them. You can also talk to them in the little pre-game lobby. Yeah. Uh, so you can have a 30-second conversation <laughs> with somebody if you want. Yeah. But it's just so quick and stupid that I wouldn't say you're really developing any sort of social bonds like you would in a typical MMO. Or even MOBAs do a better job, I think, of yeah. uh, generating socialization and finding friendships and that, whatnot in the game. That is the one thing I've noticed, to jump back to Lineage 2 real quick. That's, that's the one thing that it still kind of keeps me playing is, like, I've actually... You know, you spend time in the chat, communicating with people, engaging with people, um, and that's you know it's weird that uh, you know in, in a, it's not well, I guess it shouldn't be weird, but right. didn't ex- I didn't expect that to happen. It's oddly underrated by a lot of developers, I feel like, and it's something that's actually driven me away from some games entirely, particularly with CCGs online. Mm-hmm. All of them are very anti-social. I don't know. Have you played Hearthstone? For like a minute. Okay. I mean, it's they're all similar in terms of their socialization. Yeah. You can't talk to people in the game. <laughs> you can only leave six predetermined messages to the other person. Yeah. The only way to actually communicate with them is to send them a friend request and see if they accept, and then you could talk to them in like a little private chat. Right. But you can't like easily communicate with either groups of people or one-on-one like while you're having a game. And I know a lot of people would use it to just be trolls and toxic assholes. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's Totally understand that. And I think people should be able to turn it off. Like, I don't think that should be a mandatory option. But I like to talk to people when I'm playing a game, especially a CCG where I'm like, and I'm just watching you play things for a minute. Cool. This is super fun. I, like, <laughs> I don't care. But if I can talk to them and... Either I don't know, be silly or say, hey, good job, or talk about the strategy of our decks, or just kind of get into that stuff. And yeah, sure, maybe troll a little here and there, but do it in a way that's just hopefully fun for everybody involved yeah. and adds a human aspect to the game. Because I may as well be playing a computer when I'm playing Hearthstone or any of those CCGs. For all I care about, they interact actually even less than a computer. If I go and play... Uh, Sleeping Dogs, which is a game I've been playing on into in a little yeah, bit. About to, I think we're about to talk Those about people that. feel more real to me <laughs> than the Hearthstone players I'm playing online. Yeah. So it's, I think, something that for certain people can really drive them away. Yeah. That, uh, so it's you know, a factor. You know, we, t- we talked about um, Friday the 13th last time briefly also. Yeah. Uh, the, the communication's the same as it is in PUBG, which is, which is fun. Okay. Um, you don't really get... You can't. You, there's like the pre-game chat, post-game chat, where everybody's basically just you know mouthing off at each other. Right. Um, but once you're in the game, when you get close to somebody, you can actually talk to them. Okay. And what's really cool is you find if you find a radio in the game and you need somebody else's radio, then you can talk to them cross map. Oh, that's um, neat. The problem though is the more you, so the way Jason senses somebody is if you make noise, there's kind of like a little red. Right. It, it, there's an indicator. It's like hey, there's people in this direction. Um, so if you are talking, it creates noise. Oh. So Jason can hear that also. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You know, you could, you, that, that was always neat because you'd just be running through the forest and suddenly somebody would show up and then you could hear each other. That's so, cool. It sounds like the game works a lot better than if you don't necessarily know the people beforehand. 
Because if you know the people, you might already be on Twitch or Discord. Yeah. Like on the voice chat there, and then that kind of breaks a big part of the game. It does. So when we were playing, you know, we had Aaron's brother out in California was playing with us. Yeah. We had a, we were playing on PlayStation 4, so we had the uh, group chat going, uh, you know, superseding the game. So we were talking the whole time. Right. As opposed to in the game. So yeah, it's not quite as, yeah. It's a little <laughs> game breaky, but it's really not, it wasn't really that big a deal. But anyways, okay. I'm getting too far off topic. So yeah, I guess, I guess I want to make that sure. point about, you know, that social side, the, the engagement, you know, getting a lot, of, anyways. It makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. A point. Uh, and I guess I'll dive into Sleeping Dogs, because yeah. so the people that dogs. are more real than the people I play <laughs> online, and all the, every so. CCG I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, part of what I'm really enjoying about the game, so it's a open world game that takes place in Hong Kong, and you play an undercover cop infiltrating the triad. So is this game a little bit, it's a little open world GTA style? It's GTA style, so it feels pretty similar to GTA in a okay. lot of aspects. You have a city you can roam around in freely, you pick up cars, you can get weapons, you can just like go do silly things. This sounds like a game I'd, I'd so, enjoy. Yeah, it's not as aggressive feeling as GTA, because you're a cop, <laughs> technically, so... <laughs> On the other side of things. Uh, yeah, and the game actually does a pretty good job of putting you in the shoes of this cop who is also kind of pulling double duty as a member of the, the triad, this, you know, big gang in, in Hong Kong that's kind of running everything behind the scenes. And so you actually will, will go on these missions, and in the missions you get graded, <laughs> you have like a cop score and you have a triad score, and this is how you get experience in the game to unlock new abilities. Okay. And if you do bad things in the mission, like run over property or kill people, uh-huh. you lose cop score. <laughs> so you're trying to generally not break crap while you're undercover, undercover doing these things. Yeah. And so that adds some stuff. And, and it's part of what I think makes the game really fun for me. And I, you know, I keep saying I don't like open world games, and so far I've brought up open world games in the past <laughs> two. The only two podcasts we've ever done have brought up open world games. Every but, time. <laughs> but, so every time. But it's cool from a perspective of the immersion in the game, I think is what makes it really fun for me. Okay. And a little bit of the diversity of gameplay. So in the game, you know, you're, in, you're in Hong Kong, and it does all these like nice little touches that kind of bring you in the world. First off, the characters are well-written, they're, uh, they have good voice acting, and so it kind of brings you into the story uh, in a very natural, organic way, yeah. in a way that you can kind of get in and be like, okay, I'm a little attached to this person, and you go on to the next mission, like, oh, I'm a little more attached to this person, or whatever. Uh, but they, they talk in English, but with, they have like little, uh, I don't know, I guess Cantonese uh, inflections or whatever, so they have like little equips that they say. I was going to ask, if it, is it in the native language? Yeah, so, it's, sorts of so yes, it's in English, but they'll say things in, I guess, yeah, Chinese occasionally, like little... It's like slang. Like, yeah, slang. Yeah. Slang for the game. And so that's cool stuff, and they have little subtitles for that of, hey, this is what this actually translates to. Right. Uh, and so that kind of stuff makes it feel a little bit more alive. And the fact that you don't just go around... Because when I play GTA, it just feels like I'm just going to go around and shoot things and break stuff, and yeah. then I sort of get bored after an hour or two. And this, I feel like it's more driven to... Do things that affect your world, your place in the world. Mm-hmm. So there are little missions that you do that increase your your face value. So like how well renowned you are, which mm-hmm. gives you essentially just access to cooler gear, like new cars and new outfits and stuff. Yeah. But 
it represents you becoming more popular in the community and more well known. Does it have other impacts, like in terms of how you interact with other characters in the it game? It doesn't. It doesn't inf- impact that. It's, okay. it's more. It's more just like it's more just gameplay uh, represented by this this number. It's better gear, better loot. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. You get a whole bunch of costumes in the game that you can dress up in. <laughs> I'm dressed up as like a monkey now, and I have like super fight. Fighting skills now from like hand to hand combat. It's really silly. Yeah, that's... but but you can dress up as like a you know guy in a tux or whatever and look a little more classy. Sure. sure. But anyway, the game does a good job of kind of making me want to be in the world and see the next piece of what's going on because everything for the most part feels pretty alive. Right. But then it also kind of backs up a little bit with there's really silly things that happen. Like for instance, I was talking about the cop score. Mm-hmm. Uh, it teaches you what the value of a human life is because <laughs> if you do property damage, <laughs> yeah. it's minus five points. But if you kill somebody, it's minus fifteen. So oh. roughly three it's property annoying. damages are worth a human life. <laughs> Wait, but you also mentioned the triad score. So you also get a triad score, and that is accomplished by basically style points. So if you beat up people in unique ways, mm-hmm. if you you know, pick up a guy and throw him through a TV screen, you'll get bonus points. If you use kind of intricate combat styles in the game, That's you'll, you'll get some right. extra style points, so you so get triad re- points from that. So that represents, like, your renown with the triads themselves. Yeah, like how much of a badass you are. Are you... Is it, is it a game where you could... Is it, like, the storyline kind of on rails, or do you have the ability to play, like, a corrupt the, cop, or...? The storyline so far has been completely on rails. Okay. Well, and, that, that usually makes sense in these kind of games. Right, and it's really well done. I will say... My only complaint with it is there's these romantic parts of the game, which are fine, but, like, they don't quite fit. Oh, like, like, they jump around too much. Romance. Yeah. Not, not I got you. Like, so, yeah, yeah. So, you go on, <laughs> like, you go on a date with somebody, and and you go on a, you go on a that, date. Does that ever translate well into games? Well, but it's different in it. Like, normally it just feels like, okay, this is kind of hokey or whatever. You get some coffee? Yeah, but this is, like... Uh, let me just explain it. So I've gone. I've had two dates or whatever. Two two girls in the game, and it's part of the story, so it, it impacts different parts of the game as well. Uh, but you go on a date with somebody, and it's like, oh, this is a nice date. You never see them again. What? I don't know what happened. You're you kind of infer from a, a case report that you get on the person that. She just likes to see a bunch of guys, and so that's you don't, why you don't date again. Is, that, is there any? Is it just there? Is there any impact on the game? It is, explores the game world a little bit, like your date you go on with them. You kind of see this area of, of Hong uh, Kong. It's a, it's an excuse. It's a what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's an excuse it, to. It's yeah. it adds some extra background to the character and exposition to the game. Flavor, yeah, flavor without flavor. making it really dry. Gotcha. Uh, but the really weird one is you go, you do karaoke somewhere, and you like <laughs> it's animated that that you and this girl like maybe we'll do something later. But all you do is karaoke, okay. and then the next interaction I have with them is this guy's outside my door. And he's like, she's been cheating on you, man. I was like, are we dating? <laughs> How did we get to this point? Dude, karaoke's serious. <laughs> and so there's like a little mission to like call her out. And I was like, this seems way over the top. Man, don't, once you, once you karaoke with somebody. <laughs> I guess. Like you're completely <laughs> bonded forever. So that is, so far, my only real complaint about the game is. Karaoke serious. The, uh, the dating in the game is even more ridiculous in a different way than romance and other games are handled. But I, I love the story so far and yeah. it's been, the gameplay is diverse enough, I yeah. think, compared to, like... Like, GTA, I feel like you kind of... At least for me, when I play, sort of doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. There's a little bit more diversity in the gameplay, because you have hand-to-hand combat that's similar to, uh, 
like Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Which I think oh, really? Played. Yeah, and, yeah, and played... Batman Arkham Asylum in those games. Yeah, I've played a lot of Shadows, the second with Shadow of War. Yeah. Um, so it's... Played a little bit of Arkham Asylum, but I get the combat feel. Right, so you like, you do... It's, and it's a little more intricate, but not too much more than those, but the general gameplay revolves around punch people, wait to counterattack, punch people, wait to counterattack. Mm, it's not too, too much more really than that. Uh, but it's pretty fun just because it keeps the, the style diverse. Like, you have your shooting, you have your races, you have some puzzles in the game. And so there's a good amount to do. And I'm really enjoying playing it. Hopefully, I'll have it done in the next couple weeks or so. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like something I should check out. Yeah. But you're probably busy with uh, an upcoming game series that <laughs> is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> the next iteration of that series, I would say. The, uh, <laughs> the Infinite. But, but maybe we'll get to that after a quick break. Yeah, I'll see a quick break and then we'll talk about it. All right. You ready? Talk yeah, about this. Let's let's do it. Your <laughs> childhood affinity for <laughs> the great, one of the greatest game franchises ever made. Yeah, everyone would agree with that statement. <laughs> they got it right the first time and have not changed it since. God, this would be, of course, the legendary Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> There's one game franchise I have sunk more hours into, <laughs> I can't think of it right now, that's, that isn't Dynasty Warriors. So, but a, a little bit of background. So, the original Dynasty Warriors came out for PlayStation in 1997. <clears throat> and yeah, play, so we, were, I mean, we were not even high school. Then. I couldn't even believe that. Yeah. Tell me that. Isn't that crazy? Um, so I remember when PlayStation came out, that was like the true, the, I mean, we talk about uh, the next generation console. When PlayStation came out, that's how, that was a feeling. PlayStation, yeah, it was like this is this is like well, the next. It used discs, which is uh, I don't know. That was the first one. Dreamcast, maybe Sega was CD before. Too had yeah, and Sega CD also used it. Which, don't forget Sega CD. <laughs> yeah, but like PlayStation was the first big one to use discs, where there was just yeah. a huge library of games, and you could see that there was yeah. money behind it. Yes, and it was that was Sony entering the video game right, too, and Sony think, right? entering. Yeah, they entered the fray, and they've been dominating. Ever since. Which had been dominated by Nintendo and Sega. Yeah. And they basically said, Sega, you're done, <laughs> and took over. Yeah. And now, you know, Nintendo's still around, obviously, and Microsoft. Microsoft going, rolled but. in not too much later, but yeah. Um, so I remember being at like a Best Buy or something, and you know, they have the little station set up where you yep. walk and play the game. So I remember as a kid, I walked past and they had the PlayStation set up, and I looked at the screen, and you were controlling the warrior, and you, there were like hundreds of people in front of you, and you're just ca carving a path through them, right? And in my, you know, eighth grade brain, I thought this is the coolest thing ever that I've seen. <laughs> uh, it felt, it felt like seeing, you know, partnered with the fact that this was a next generation console, uh, and this was I've never seen a game like this. I'd never seen anything like it. Right. Uh, the concept of like a three D open world combat with that many things on the screen at once was just uh, mind blowing. Yeah, I think that's something that we probably both had in our head because you see all these like epic action movies and you see you read books with all these epic action scenes, yeah. but it hadn't really been brought to life in a video game before. Yeah, you never got to be in it. Right. Um, and so Dynasty Warriors uh, let you be in that fight, <clears throat> which was super fun. So that was the beginning of me playing Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> and uh, since then, I have played almost every single one. 
to length. You know, it's incredible. Yeah, especially because and I'm happy to admit this: every single one is basically the same game, <laughs> the same missions, the same characters. Right. I mean, to be fair, the characters are all set, you know, on historical on the Romance of the Three Kingdoms right. books, but so it's not like they can create new characters for the game. They can no. change, you know. Anyways, but. But there's still something they could maybe do. Yeah. Somebody still sells. You still buy it. As do however many million people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, most will change. Um, they'll change like the gear systems a little bit. They'll tweak the power moves and combos a little bit. They'll tweak. They'll add in some like kind of flavor gameplay elements here and there. Sure. Uh, but on the whole, the gameplay uh, stays pretty consistent. Um, however, Dynasty Warriors 9 is actually the first to make a big change. Okay, what are they doing? So it is an open world game. Oh. Uh, Not just open battlefields, but actually open open world. world. Yeah. Okay. So in the previous game, uh, the last, the thing they added was the, um, the ability to kind of build a castle in a town. And you would go out on these missions, and you would start a mission. You'd bring in your, your you'd recruit generals and lieutenants and that kind of thing. You'd set your army together yourself and go into a bi- battle and fight, and it would have some impact on your castle. But ultimately, it was still just a contained fight. And in this one, from what I've seen, it's it's uh, it's supposed to be open world. So you're able to literally ride a horse to the battle. Um, interesting. Yeah, interesting is a good way to put it. I don't know if it's good or not. I don't um, know either. Reviews are mixed, but they always are for Dynasty Warriors games. Everybody has the same complaint. It's like <laughs> it's, it's they say the same thing. If you like Dynasty Warriors, you will like this one too. Okay. Uh, so that's why I think I'm probably going to like it on right. some level. Yeah, if you like the other eight. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm curious to check it out. So I've watched a few videos of it of people playing, uh, and it seems interesting. And I'm of course concerned that you know. The open world is going to somehow mess with the formula. Although I suppose after you know what it came out in 2018, so after uh, 21 years, it's probably okay to shake it up a bit, right? Yeah, uh, and it can work really well. I mean, it worked for like I said, Breath of the Wild last week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, I've been debating, but it also the, comes with a hefty price tag. It's a it's a, you know uh, big blockbuster game. You know, Sixty dollar right. price tag, you know, and so I'm going to have to sit around and wait. I think to buy it. Yeah, I mean, it always depends whether you're going to get your money's worth right now or not out of it. I don't think it's a $60 <laughs> game right now. So and that's true. I was, I kind of feel like, honestly, single-player games are really tough to buy full price right now. Yeah, so I might... So one thing I found out is there's a Fry's down the road from here, uh, Fry's Electronics, that has a very tiny little used game section okay. for really like really cheap games. So like, yeah, I picked smart. up... So, you know, I was talking about For Honor last week. I unfortunately didn't get to play this week much because just timing constraints, although we did get another person playing it. Yeah, like, nice. Yeah. yeah, I did watch a little bit of it on Twitch. It's fun. Actually, yeah. It's, it looked interesting. Yeah, but, um, but the... But I found a copy for twenty bucks at price, and I was like, I, you know, twenty dollars is, is no big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like sixty bucks on a game, that's that's spending some money. But so I may I may right. glance around, and if I can find a used copy of it, I'll I'll pick it up for PS4, and, and I'll let you know how it is. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I would be curious. I mean, we both really like Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, the whole world, that era. Oh, yeah, of, I uh, Chinese I remember, history. The uh, what was it the first? There was an SNES game that you had. Yeah, Romance of Three Kingdoms three. Yeah, we were, I remember we'd play that game like endlessly. Was it four was it three four? I think it's yeah. We played a lot of that. That was really our first strategy game. I think we played that before Civ two. Civ two was another big strategy game for us. Yeah, I still yeah. I'm trying to think. Place it in time. I remember sitting. <laughs> sitting in your bedroom. And we yep. were staring at the screen. Yep. 
playing Romance of the Three Kingdoms and uh, man, I don't do you remember I made like a little sort of board game for it uh, I had like a, I had folders for it I don't remember it super well but it, it folders we had you know uh, things you could do I don't remember anything else about it I just remember yeah. I had a folder and here's all of the things you can do and here's all of your actions I, I vaguely remember that yeah yes like it, colored I remember like the colored folder yeah the colored yeah. folder and uh, so that's how much we <laughs> liked our romance because yeah. I went that far and uh, I've read the entire series you've read part of the series yeah I couldn't I couldn't take it it's a it's a very difficult for people that complain about Game of Thrones having lots of characters. <laughs> of Three Kingdoms is like, lol. Here's a guy who, uh, a it's diff- more difficult because it's a different you know ethnicity than we're used to seeing names versus European names in Game yeah, of Thrones. It's, it's so that that makes it a little more challenging. But even then, you still get like instances of here's a character you'll never see him again. He's dead. Okay, and his name is one letter off of some other character's name. Yeah, or you walk by him on the street. He walked, Lubu walked past <laughs> right. uh, Wei Bei on the street, and you never see that Wei Bei again. That's right, so I'm just thinking, oh my god, how do I keep up with this? <laughs> so, and the only way to do it is just to say, okay, I know these six characters. That's all I really care about in the story. I mean, it was interesting, but yeah, I... I yeah, there were good books. I couldn't get... I think I got about halfway through. I still have them, but I got about yeah. halfway through, and I was like, I just can't... They're, they're just hard to follow. anymore. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been playing those games for a long time. So, it was, so that was a, the strategy game way back in the day, and then they started releasing the Dynasty Warriors fighting games, which they've since like iterated on to a whole bunch of other kind of... Yeah. Created kind of its own genre, almost. It really has, yeah. It's just like the kill a lot of people genre because <laughs> they have they have Wrecked other games, zone, right? <laughs> yeah. They have other games that are similar to it, where you have melee combat and you're just like one person fighting against yeah. a whole army of people. So Nintendo's embraced it. They have Hyrule Warriors, which is a Zelda based version of that. Okay. They have Fire Emblem Warriors, which is a Fire Emblem based version of that. Okay. And they look pretty darn similar to Dynasty Warriors. You just go kill things. You have some sort of uh, progression, and you advance in some manner. Well, there, there is one thing that bothers me about the Dynasty Warrior games. It's that um, you're, so you're playing, essentially, a, a character who has spent their life training in martial arts. They yep. have really great weapons and armor. They are like... They, they know what they're doing. Okay. They, they have been trained since birth to be warriors right. in, in war. They, they're the yeah. top 0.01% of warriors in the yep. world. And they actually, and, and compared to the people you're fighting, they have armor. Right. At all. Yeah. They're not just peasants. <laughs> yeah, which is which was what the opponents are. Right. Um, armies of peasants. They right. have shirts and yep. pants and maybe shoes. And yeah, especially have, if you, you start with the Yellow Turban Rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you'll definitely, don't get me wrong, you, you will encounter groups of units that are armored and spears and guard, you know, weapons, but a lot, a lot of times you're just carving a path through these <laughs> who, people who, like, five days earlier were probably just, like, working their farm. Yep. Like, you know, growing some rice, dumping some potatoes, sitting down to dinner, taking care of the horses. Yeah. Uh, like, they can take care of a farm. Yeah. So you try to do that. And they show, they show <laughs> up and they're... And some dude's like, "You're in the army now. You're scripted. Here's a <laughs> like, bring your weapon." He's like, "I got a, I got a pitchfork, I guess." And then so you go out. So imagine, like, you get in with all these like thousands of other farmers, like people who have never really fought, and you go out on this battlefield. You, you don't know why you're there. <laughs> you don't really know what's going on. They just said, "You're in this group. Follow that guy." So you're in this group. You're following that guy. You're walking around, and suddenly 
this six foot ten monster <laughs> wielding an eight foot long halberd shows up, spinning it around. He's turning orange, exploding things, and he just cuts a path of destruction through all your farmer buddies, and you never go back home to your farm. And uh, so, what don't you like about that? Where's <laughs> the, the problem? It's a problem. <laughs> no, it's great. Okay. Right. It's a good it makes it easy. Yeah. You guys are noobs. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's one complaint I get to make about the game. Um, well, there's a lot of complaints I could make about the game, but that's that, that always bugged me just a little bit. <laughs> that these poor peasants are just being slaughtered? Yeah, but it also helps justify the fact that you're one character slaughtering. You know, you're able to cut a path through an army. It's like, well... Oh, oh, yeah. Justifying uh, one character versus 150. Yeah, winning. it's like when, you're, when your kill count breaks a thousand <laughs> in a fight. It's like, how is, is this possible? It's like, well, I, I guess, I mean, I've got armor and weapons, and they, they're just dudes. But that doesn't really change too much as breaks. you advance, does it? Aren't you still slaughter armored enemies later? Yeah, but by then you're you know you've got even better armor. <laughs> cool. <laughs> better weapons. Ew. That's realistic. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, all right. I think I think that's enough on dinosaurs. When I when I start playing it, I'll bring it back up again. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what has <laughs> minusculely changed. Will you? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Right, sure. I mean, I'm never going to play the game, so <laughs> I and I like to know about games. So sure. from that perspective, yeah, it'd be yeah, great. Even, for the sake of ac- academia. Yeah, you know, it's also funny. Real quick on romance of the Three Kingdoms, that series hasn't changed a whole lot either. No. <laughs> it's made by the same company. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do make some changes. Like some of them are a little bit more RPG like. Yeah. Some are a little bit more strategy like. And then they just kind of tweak those and go back and forth a little bit. Well, ultimately, you're dealing with, with history. There's not you are, there's but you, not can, much you can. I mean, civilization changes up the formula. Yeah, that's like. And they do it by not releasing a game every year. They do it by <laughs> doing it every four years or three years or whatever. That's true. So there's something to be said for slow your roll <laughs> and maybe like put a little bit of effort to it instead of just. Chugging them out. I mean, well, you know, if we ever, if we would stop buying every single one, I'm sure they would. Yeah, you know, I guess there's that argument to be made. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, we're trying to keep the podcast on the shorter side this time, I think. So yeah, probably... I think we're trying to shoot for under an hour as our regular yeah. time frame. Yeah. So we actually had a lot of stuff we didn't get to. Um, I got a chance to play Battlefront 2 finally. Briefly, I want to talk about that. We can, we can do that next week, and I think we were going to complain about Ready Player One for a yeah, bit. Yeah, well, let's actually get to Ready Player One. It's been on our list, list since we started. Yes, yeah, since oh, the so podcast. So long ago. <laughs> we wanted to talk uh, about this, yeah. But yeah, that'd be a good, since we have both read the book, right, and you watched the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, we've got some stuff to say there. I'm going to, I started playing a little bit of this game called Super Hot, okay. which is a sort of turn-based FPS it's very neat, extremely unique, and uh, no one. There's no other game like it. Okay. So I think it'll be a fun uh, topic to get into next time. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, that's the close of our still yet to be named podcast. At some point, once we have podcast name, we'll have an email. You can send us an email. You can follow us on whatever social media platform we end up deciding to set up. But none of that exists right now yet. So get hyped. <laughs> yeah, get hyped. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.